Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Time now for the song that changed my life. It's a segment where musicians reach back, sometimes way, way back, to tell us about the music that made them who they are today. And this week, our guest is Buddy Guy. You probably know this already, but Buddy is one of the world's greatest blues guitarists. He's won eight Grammy Awards. He's been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since 2005. He's performed for presidents. He's shared stages with B.B. King and Howlin' Wolf and even Muddy Waters. Recently, Buddy Guy announced his farewell tour, well-earned, after over half a century in the game. We got in touch with Buddy at his home studio in Chicago, and when we asked him about the song that changed his life, he took us back to his childhood in Louisiana, and the first time he heard John Lee Hooker's Boogie Chillin'. Here's Buddy Guy. Hi, I'm Buddy Guy, and this is one of the songs that changed my life. The first time I heard Booger Chillin', I must have been about 14 or 15 years old. It took a while for my dad to get a radio, and, and they had a, a radio station coming out of Tennessee, WLAC. And I'm pretty sure Booger Chillin' was probably the first elected guitar that I ever heard. I had never seen an elected guitar. The first elected guitar I ever seen, there was a guy, a blues guy named Lightning Slim. And he came out in Letchworth, Louisiana, and plugged that thing up on the storefront store. And I thought it was a joke when he plugged it in and that little amplifier started coming through. And I say, now, I don't know what this is, but whatever this is, I would love to have a piece of that. I learned something about that. And I got a chance to meet him before he died and learn a few things from him. We didn't have electricity, so we didn't have records. The only music we had was a lot of gospel and uh, what we would do, we'd work all day from sunup to sundown. We didn't have air conditioning. It was so hot. And the only fun we had would go out there with the mosquitoes and things and just hum and sing gospel stuff. And uh, I wasn't the only one doing it, but I was the only one that uh, kept it after I got a chance to get my hands on uh, a guitar. Oh. 
that beat there was like something new. And I'm like saying to myself, what the hell is this now? Whatever this is, I want a, I want a piece of it. I got my first guitar when I was about 13 or 14. What went through my mind, if I could learn how to do that, I would be the only guy, because you couldn't look up and say, if I learn how to do that, I'm going to make a good living at it. Because John Lee and all those guys in the early days, they wasn't making a hell of a lot of money. No, no black guy was making the money. They were playing for the love of music and the love of a drink. And if you could play good enough, you got you a good-looking woman. So that's what all you had to look at back then. And I said, if I could learn how to play that, I'm going to be like a sole thumb among the other kids around me. I'm going to be able to do something nobody else, none of these other kids going to be able to do. There wasn't no school for to teach me how to play the guitar. I said, I got to learn this for myself. But there was one guy they would go get every Christmas. And his name was Henry Smith, but we call him Coot. And he could play the Lonnie Johnson stuff. And on Christmas morning, when, if we was able to get a toy, I used to have to make my toys because we was just that poor. And they would get a case of beer and a gallon of wine, and they'd go from house to house, Christmas Eve night to Christmas night, house to house in the country and drank it all up. And every time the guitar player would get real high and go to sleep, I would go get the guitar and try to figure out what the hell he was doing. Yeah, it took me quite a while to learn how to play Booger Children. I, I can't tell you whether it's a month or two months or six months. finally locked my fingers in on Booger Chillin'. I didn't move because you didn't have to move your fingers. You stayed in one spot and just wrapped it. And I learned it and I was by myself and didn't nobody, couldn't nobody else hear it. So I just got up and started walking. I said, I want somebody to hear this in case I can't find this anymore. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to find it again. So I walked about five miles to my first cousin. One of my first cousins said, boy, you got it. I said, but I'm afraid to quit because I ain't going to be able to find it no more. But I found it again. I had it, and I did never lose that again. I, that Booger Chillin' carried me till the day, and I can still play it today. I was walking down Haston Street. I heard everybody talking about the Henry Swain Club. And see that amplifier he's playing through now? You can't get that tone no more because they made him bigger and uh, better looking, but that tone he got there now is hard to get. I don't even know if you can find that anymore on an amplifier. of black people in those days were dancing called the Boogie Woogie. They did the boogie on stuff like that and he hit it right on time when he said Boogie Chiller. Boogie Chiller. 
you, Cholong. We'd be in one of those old juke joints. Everybody in there was booging, man, down to the floor, man, swinging them gals from one end of the club to the other. You know, I got a chance to meet him and, and, and played with him before he passed away. And this is one of the highlights of my career. One night I was laying down. I heard Mom and Papa talking. You might not know this, but John Lee Hooker had a stutter in his whole life when he was speaking. When he was singing, he did not have it. But there was a town in Germany called Baden-Baden, Germany. It's still there. So I got a tour to go there with Horseman and Libman, a folk blues festival. They had a television show, and everybody was drinking pretty heavy, including John Lee Hooker, Big Mama Thornton, and people like that. And uh, the guy, the promoter, looked at me and said, I want you to do me a favor. I'm going to give you $50 a week to make sure everybody's up and ready to catch the bus. And they was down in the lobby of the hotel this particular morning. So I knew John Lee Hooker and Big Mama was there, and I never did meet them here in the United States. So I said, I just can't wait to see John Lee Hooker. And I didn't know he started. So when I got downstairs that morning, I heard a lot of noise, and they was talking and having fun. And so I just picked up the acoustic guitar and went sat in the corner and started hitting Booger Chillin'. And this guy came over and punched me on the shoulder and started laughing and said, you playing Johnny? I say, yeah. And I'm like saying, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to get attention to John Lee Hooker, wherever he is, you know. And finally, Big Mama came over and she was laughing and crying out of one eye. Say, that's John Lee, buddy. I say, John Lee? This is not John Lee sounding like this, do you? And he started laughing and crying. He said, I'm Johnny. I said, I was looking for John Lee. And that's when they fell out laughing and said, this is John Lee Hooker. And we were friends until he passed away. Boogie, children. I tried to get all the info I could from him and other people how he made Boogie Chiller. Because back then, I don't think you had too many producers as are trying to tell him how to play. Matter of fact, <laughs> I don't think he would let you tell him how to play because he just played, I'm playing John Lee. I don't care if you like it or not. I heard Papa tell Mama let that boy boogie woogie because it's in him and it got to come out well I felt so good and I went on boogie woogie just the same yeah when I first saw John Lee Hooker play alive for me that was a dream come true that I never dreamed of and I didn't ever think the guitar could bring me from there to here talking to you today Then you 
would hear some of the people who was really falling in love with it like me say, play that again, man. You know, that sounds so nice, you need to play it twice. Yes, I know. Boogie, chula. Never be another one like that one. Every time I hear that, that takes me back to 12, 13, or 14 years old. And, buddy, you must have spent a lot of time to try to be sound similar to him or learn learn something from him by listening to him. And I was blessed to meet him before he died. And I was blessed to meet most of the guys that I learned everything from. I didn't learn nothing from a book. I learned from listening and watching those guys the way they didn't use their fingers. And the way they use, there ain't no way to worry me because I could sing like them because they, when you hear him sing, man, that's a natural voice. When you hear Howling Wolf, that was natural. When you hear B.B. King and Bobby Blaine, that was natural. When you hear Buddy Guy, it might be a little fake thing going on there because I'll be trying to cop them all. <laughs> Buddy Guy on the song that changed his life, Boogie Chillin' by John Lee Hooker. Buddy Guy's farewell tour kicks off next month. We'll have dates on the bullseye page at MaximumFun.org. Let's go out on a song from Buddy Guy. This one's from his most recent record, The Blues Don't Lie. It's called We Go Back, and it features another Chicago legend, Mavis Staples. Go back Fighting hard To get our share Times were bad What a time we had We go back Way, way back On a balcony In Memphis April of 1968 Never will forget what happened on that day. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. Here at my house, there was a great triumph. I figured out how to put up straight curtain rods on my curved walls and windows. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producers are Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellows at Maximum Fun are Tabitha Myers and Brianna Paz. We get help booking from Mara Davis. Our interstitial music is by DJW, a.k.a. Dan Wally. Our theme song is Huddle Formation by the band The Go Team. Thanks to The Go Team. Thanks to their label, Memphis Industries. Bullseye is on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. You can follow us in any of those places. We will share our interviews with you. And we do hope that if you heard something you enjoyed on this week's show, you'll share it with somebody. I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. We believed we could make it. And we need. Take me back. Back in the day. I remember when 
Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. We go back.